Welcome back to the Piedmont Kingdom Men podcast. My name is Eric. I'm glad that you've joined us today. I'm glad that you're listening whenever it is that you are. If you're in the car going to work, if you're coming home from work, if you're out running some errands, whatever you got going on, we're glad that you turned on the podcast. Today, my guest is going to be one of our speakers at our next gathering. His name is Brian Dodd, and he's going to be talking with us about leadership at our next gathering. Our next gathering is on Saturday, July 20th. In the morning, we're doing some breakfast stuff. We're getting started about 9 o'clock at Piedmont Church. We hope that you'll be able to come. We hope that you will uh, bring somebody with you. If you haven't registered yet, there's still time to do that. Go to piedmontchurch.tv slash events and look for Kingdom Men. You can go right there, you can register and let us know that you're coming. Also invite a friend to come with you. It's gonna be a great day. We're gonna learn so much. We're gonna be encouraged, we're gonna be challenged. And it starts right now with my conversation with Brian Dodd. All right, Brian, thanks for joining us today. And uh, we have the awesome opportunity for you to speak to us on July 20th. Uh, for those people that may not know who you are, why don't you just give us a little background about yourself, about your family, what you do, things like that. Yeah, Eric, and uh, number one, thanks for having me, and I'm really excited about, you know, Saturday, July 20th, and Ike and I getting to teach leadership to the to the men of the church, and and uh, and, in, and in that case, all the people they influence as well through their lives, and just looking forward to that. Uh, just a little bit about me, I'll go ahead and start with the main things first. If if you want to know anything about me, and if I if I could tell you anything about me, the first thing I'd want you to know is that I absolutely love Jesus. You know, 1980, I became a Christian, and so I'm in my 39th year as, as a Christ follower, and best decision I ever made. Second best decision I ever made was marrying Sonia, my wife, and we, we're in our 28th year of marriage right now. Wow, and congratulations. We have, well, thank you. And uh, for especially for the people at Piedmont, you probably know Sonia better than me. She's the receptionist here at the church. And if you've ever done anything with the worship team and enjoyed the green room prior to the services, she oversees that ministry. Love her for that. Yeah, she's clearly the most popular one in the family. <laughs> um, and I have a 20-year-old daughter named Anna who's a senior at Liberty. And uh, she also does a lot of worship leading in the Atlanta area and is specifically spending a lot of time right now at Revolution and First Baptist Woodstock helping lead in, in their services. So that's kind of who we are as a family. From a professional perspective, uh, for the last 17 years, I've worked for an organization called Enjoy Stewardship Solutions. And that was founded by Dr. John Maxwell. And I had the pleasure of working directly for Dr. Maxwell for six years. And I, I love me some John Maxwell, you know, yeah. so I'm a huge Maxwell guy. And he sold the company in 2008, and we're uh, owned now by Joe Sangle, who runs the personal finance ministry called I Was Broke, Now I'm Not, which Piedmont does. And he's spoken at Piedmont a couple of different times, and I, and I work for him. And what I do for, for Joe, and really what I did for John as well, is it's my team's job. Technically, I would be over what would be called inside sales or something of that nature, but our job is to get the ISS message into the church marketplace and for churches that need to raise significant capital for new buildings, debt retirement, relocation, ministry expansion, major renovations, anything of that nature. We help them, uh, we help them with their capital campaigns and create cultures of generosity. And uh, I also do leadership development. 
And then uh, a lot of other people may know me for what uh, I do on the side. My night job is I run a personal website called brian.onleadership.com. And uh, God's really blessed those efforts. Two books have come out of it. And so I do a lot of leadership training for churches and businesses and other organizations like that kind of on the side. That's awesome. I, I, I did not realize that you work directly for Dr. Maxwell um, for, for that amount of time. I'm assuming that's where a lot of leadership things rubbed off on you. And that's kind of where you kind of got this itch for leadership. Well, it's funny, you know, the very first thing I ever learned about leadership, uh, I, I graduated high school in 84. So I'm a child of the 80s. And, and back then, leadership wasn't a buzzword. It became a buzzword in the 90s. So, you, you know, back when you were younger, you know, like you'd play athletics and you'd get taught, especially during weight training, you, when you can't do one more, do five more, you know, so you learn things like perseverance and but they didn't attach the word leadership to it. So I was a youth pastor, and uh, I, I pastored at Calvary, a youth pastor at Calvary Baptist Church, just right down the road from Piedmont. And um, one day, the pastor, Mark Marshall, who's still a dear friend of mine, he comes up to me and he goes, Brian, I want to tell you this, you're doing a great job. Uh, parents love you, kids love you, your department's growing, but if you don't learn to build a team, you're going to burn out. I knew there was a butt coming. <laughs> there was a butt coming. So, yeah, you know, at, and at age 21, you know, every 21-year-old wants to hear they're already burning out. So he goes, I got this book for you. It's by this author. It's very popular. It's called Developing the Leaders Around You. And that was written by John Maxwell. So that was my introduction to John Maxwell. That would have been in, like, 1990. And so then he kept giving me John Maxwell material. So... Bottom line, John became my spiritual hero, and in 2002, I actually got to go to work for him. So that was a real blessing. That's amazing. That's a that's a great story. Um, so you talked about the first leadership lesson, which yeah. you, you said was le- leading others and building up a team so that you don't burn out. Um, that's a that's a that's a great lesson for all of us. What do you think in all of your leadership lessons that you've had? What's been the hardest lesson to learn, or maybe the one that you're still learning it you know i'm one of my leaders in my life is my dad and he likes to say i've got to marinate on that a little bit and so you know what's the thing that's been marinating the longest for you well there's really two and and i i really support your dad you know we live in a microwave world and v- things don't taste as good coming out of a microwave as they do a crock pot that's marinated while so your your dad has tremendous wisdom there's really two things, you know, number one, self-control for me. I, I love sweets. I love certain foods. And I, I have struggled with my weight since my metabolism slowed down about age 28 to 30. And I've always been about 20 to 30 pounds heavier than I should have been. And that's been a constant battle for, you know, 30 years now. So, so self-control on that side in particular, I always struggle with that. Here's the interesting one, Eric, um, listening skills. I think listening skills are the most underrated leadership skill. And it has always been a challenge for me because here's what's happened. I, like a lot of people, you know, you're this way too, probably. I've got a fast mind. 
So a conversational start, and I know where it's heading, and or, I, or I'll get excited about the conversation, and I'll wind up interrupting somebody if I'm not careful, and it's not an insult. I'm so excited about what they're saying, I just dive in too quick. And obviously, we all know that people with poor listening skills, they don't get all the information they need. They're not the type of learner they need to be. They don't have self-control. You know, they don't have the respect for other people that they should. And that is something I've gotten a lot better at it. But it's just something I've always got to be aware of that I, listening skills does not come easy for me. And I've always got to keep working on that. So with those two things, self-control and listening skills, and maybe some other things, maybe, you know, there's some things that took you a little bit longer to learn. What's been the tactics that you use to, to overcome those things, to, to have more self-control, to listen better, um, you know, to, to, to think before you speak and, and those types of things. Is, is, there, is there a tactic that you use? Is there a way to practice those things and get better at them? Well, it's funny. Here, here's just kind of some principles that whatever anybody listening to this podcast is struggling with. And the reality is there's no perfect people on the planet. We're all going to struggle with something until we get to heaven. So these are some practical things that hopefully you can apply to whatever you're dealing with. Number one is a, is a accountability. Uh, my wife stays on top of me about the listening skills. I'm sure she does. <laughs> oh, my heavens. You know, we'll have a conversation with somebody, and as soon as that conversation's over, she'll say, honey, you know, and you're just like, uh. I'll tell you another interesting thing is um, I, reading books for me is great reminders for everything. Like, I just read Atomic Habits, you know, which is a great book, and it, you know, it really helps me try to build structure into my life to avoid things like sweet tea and desserts. So reading, learning, accountability, um, those are the type of things that, that I do to help me in those particular areas. Let's talk about accountability a little bit more. Um, so we live in a digital age. We've got Facebook. We've got Twitter. We've got Instagram. We're on our phones constantly. We're on our laptops. Um, we've got all these temptations and influences and um, to be honest, it's things that don't share our worldview. We are called to be Christians. We are called to be in the world, but not of the world. Mm -hmm. um, so do you have a daily routine, uh, you know, when you do your quiet time, when you're in prayer, things like that? Do you have Bible verses? Do you have reminders? How important is all that stuff? And how important is it to surround yourself with those people, those accountability people, um, who can hold you accountable and, and be that kind of inner circle for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll actually talk about that a little bit on the tip. Um, but ultimately, I, and let me just answer your question first. What kind of things do I have in place? Here's my daily rhythms. Get up, quiet time in the morning, non-negotiable. The day starts with Jesus. It frames the entire day. It puts Jesus first. You start your day early in the morning by prioritizing God's role in your life and your acknowledgement for your need of him. Then I, I go to work. I usually go to work 7.30ish, you know. I work from home, so that's very helpful. And uh, I've got my daily routine mapped out in terms of how I work. You know, certain tasks, times that I spend with my team, things of that nature. 
you know, lunch, you know, mini breaks here and there, when I call my hottest potential clients, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And I usually, you know, wrap it up somewhere between five and five thirty generally. Now, kind of like you, Eric, thanks to the phone, we're on call 24-7. And, you know, churches have meetings at night. And so a lot of times my nights get taken up with church meetings. Um, but and then I, you know, hang out with the family and stuff like that. Sonia has access to all of my things, my phone, my computer. Uh, she checks them regularly, believe it or not. And, uh, I, you know, fortunately, hey, if you have nothing to hide, you don't worry about it. That's right. My, yeah. my computer is a work computer. So I'm assuming it's monitored 24-7 as well. Yep. So those are, those are kind of the stuff that I have in place. Honestly, I, I think one of the reasons Kingdom Men is, is so important is I don't have something like you're trying to build, which is structured accountability through relationships. And uh, so, yeah, you take a guy like me, I don't have what you're building. So no one supports what you're attempting to do through Kingdom Men more than I do. Well, that's great to hear. That's good to, for, for people to to understand that like, and, and that you can have all these safeguards in place. You can have all this stuff that your wife can have access to your phone and your computer, but it's still important to have that group of men around you that can hold you accountable, that can um, be with you through those tough times and, and also be with you through the super exciting times and the super encouraging times and say like, Hey man, you did it. That was great. Like, congratulations, way to go. Um, so yeah, that was, that, that's, that's fantastic to hear. Um, kind of along those same lines, you do a lot of speaking around at, at places and, Again, you're speaking to us on July 20th. Um, yeah. How do you prepare for interviews and how do you prepare for public speaking? Yeah, uh, you know, it's interesting. That's, that's a great question. Everywhere I get asked to speak, the first thing I always ask them is, what do you want me to speak on? You know, specifically, here's, here's why. And I never get, you know, I never get something where they just say, hey, come talk about whatever you want to. And I, I'll actually probe and drill down because whatever group I'm speaking to, God is doing something in that group of people. So I want to I use my limited amount of time with them to help further and advance whatever God's doing. So I'll get a complete breakdown of what is happening within the group, what they're dealing with, what their mission and vision is, what they're hoping to accomplish, where they're at on the journey. And then I'll actually speak with the organizers of the event and say, okay, if I talk on this, would this be helpful for that group? And, uh, and that's how I then, you know, select the subject. I usually like to plan things out. I like to be prepared for a speaking engagement, a minimum of six to eight weeks ahead of time. Like for Kingdom Men, we're recording this on July 9th. I've, I've, I've had my material done, you know, since mid June. You're an overachiever. That's amazing. Well, <laughs> that's great. Here's an interesting thing. People don't pay for average. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting paid anything. It's my home church, you know, and my friends and, you know, I'm coming to add value and help, but it's just a general rule. People don't pay for average. They pay for excellence. They expect excellence. And I'll say this, I'm a grown man myself, obviously 53 years old. 
if if you're asking me to give up a Saturday morning after a hard week of work and time that I cherish with my family or I cherish at the golf course or I cherish at the lake or I cherish sitting on my riding lawnmower just, you know, driving around the yard. If you're asking me to give that up, I have a responsibility as the speaker to get you a large return on the investment of your time. That's right. It better be worth it. Exactly. And yeah. uh, so that's that's how that process plays out. Really. That's great. That's good. Um, let's switch gears just a little bit. Let's talk about your blog. Um, you've yeah. got a blog, brian.onleadership.com. Um, you've got like 400 million views a day on that, I think. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's quite well read. Um, I wish it was that much, but yeah. Um, but just scrolling through, I looked at it the other day. You've got posts that have names like Nick Saban, Dabo Swinney, Magic Johnson, um, Johnny Hunt, Jeremy Morton, Ike Reichard, Mike Lynch. Uh, just, just the gamut of all these people, and just. Just talk about your blog a little bit. Like, where where are you pulling material from? Uh, you have the you have the ability to see leadership in everything that you lay your eyes on. I've you have done blog posts about the thirty seven leadership qualities of Aquaman or something. It's just like some random movie that you went to see, and you're like, here's a bunch of leadership stuff from it. Uh, yeah. So just talk about your process of of writing your blog and and where all that stuff comes from. Yeah, you know, and and you work for Mailchimp, so you you know you're the one that gets my my blog out to to the public, um, and I appreciate that. You know, here's the interesting thing about that. Um, I'll, I'll I'll first say this, and then backfill it. Years ago, I read a read an article. At the time, I was averaging about a hundred readers a week, and I read an article that said. If you're not getting 500 readers a day, you're not a serious blogger. And I remember reading that thinking, my heavens, that's Mount Everest. I'll, I'll never get to that. Okay, well, you know, you start getting traction and you start growing. And I remember I, I was up at that time to 200 readers a day. And a friend of mine came to me and uh, he goes, you know, how many readers you get in a day? And I said, well, it's up to 200 now. He goes, Brian what's your mentality when you write? And I'm like, well, I just write what I enjoy writing about. He goes, now, Brian, listen, you need to think of yourself that you're a pastor of a 200 attendee church. When those 200 people show up a day, what do you want to say to them? Mm. And that totally shifted how I, how I approach everything. But in terms of where I get my content, um, you know, I like to think that I'm just an average guy. I'm a family man. I work for a living. I enjoy sports. I go to church, you know, and, and I just write about what I see in the areas of leadership where I'm at and what I'm coming across that day. And I just package it so other people will read it. So my blog is actually a combination of Evernote and a diary that I just format so other people can read it. So like, you know, let's take Nick Saban this past weekend. So I wrote five choices, Nick Saban's five choices everybody gets to make. Okay, well, I came across the video of Nick doing that teaching, and I'm like, most people would drag that into an Evernote. 
well, I just drug it into my blog and you know, wrote some intros and packaged it. And it turned out to be an incredibly successful post that even the University of Alabama Facebook site picked up and republished. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So it was, it, was, it was a very popular post. But that's how I, I come across it. So if I go to a movie, yeah, I'll do leadership principles from the movie. Now, let me tell you an interesting thing. So let's say I go to church service. Let's say I go to Piedmont this weekend. And you're walking to the car with your family. And one of you looks at the other and they go, well, how'd you like the service today? Well, that was just an incredible service. Most people would go, yeah, it was. They'd pack up their kids. They'd find some restaurant to go eat at. What the blog is, is the law of the second question. The second question is always where the genius is. You go, why was it such an exceptional service? The answer to that question is your blog. Okay, yeah. Most people don't ask the second question. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's that right there, that quick little two minutes, whatever we had was worth listening to this podcast uh because that to me the, the the first thing that you said um that your friend turned you on to was that think of yourself like you're the pastor of a 200 person church i mean people who are in management positions at work think of yourself as the pastor to a six person team that you're right. managing think of yourself as you know i i have uh my wife and i have three kids so i should can think of myself as a pastor to a four person congregation and what do I need to say into their lives? And what do I need to speak into their lives? And what are the things that I need to do um, to, to, to elevate them and, and to build them up and to encourage them and to show them Jesus and things like that? That's, that's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's, let's keep going. Um, yeah. So you've studied leadership for how many years, would you say? Well, I got my first John Maxwell book in 1990. So just from that, let's say 29 years. 29 years. Cool. Yeah, I've actually been in church leadership, believe it or not, 32 years, which has been a gamut of things from two staff positions to elders and management team members. And, you know, now, you know, I'm a staff husband, so my job is to do whatever Sonia says. There you go. And, I, and I greeted a door and, you know, because I enjoy that. Yeah. But yeah, so just been doing that for three decades now. So three decades involved in church, involved in, in, in studying leadership and, and commenting on leadership and things like that. Why do you think leadership is so important in the church? Well, everything, you know, I'll quote my, my mentor, John Maxwell, everything rises and falls on leadership. And so what happens you know, it's interesting, and I'll talk about this a little bit too. When you come to church on a, on, a, on a Sunday, not someone that serves like you or I do, but the average person, what are they thinking? What are they feeling? What are they hoping for? What's going on in their life? We don't know. We know that their marriage could be in trouble. Who knows what's going on with their kids? Their job was probably very difficult that week. And when they come on Sunday, they need God to speak into their life, and they need to be given hope that there is a future, there is a reason for doing this, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And as it says in John 10, 10, they can have a life and have it abundantly. Okay? 
we facilitate that happening. You know, like like me, I am me and me and uh, you know me and the person I serve beside. We are the first people they see on on Sunday. Okay, you are in charge of lights and sound. You are in charge of facilitating the life-changing message of Jesus Christ with clarity and in an unhindered way so that people can receive it as easily as possible so that it can penetrate their soul and change their life for all eternity. Exactly. Amen. The reason leadership exists at a local church is because, and I'll say this, the church is the most leadership-intensive organization, organism in the world. I like to tell people all the time, when I was in corporate America, Satan is not omnipresent. You know, he is, he's not everywhere, and he has a certain number of demons. So he, his team is a certain size, but he's a master of deployment. And there were days when I was in corporate America, Satan did not show up. We were doing a good job of blowing our own leg off, so to speak, without any help from anybody else, you know. He shows up every Sunday at local churches. Because he doesn't want he doesn't want redemption and transformation to take place. So the reason leadership is so important is we stand guards at the gate to ensure people can hear a message that will allow them to exchange ordinary living for an extraordinary life through the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And through our various spheres of influence, whether it's me greeting with Leon Thompson, whether it's you and your sound team and the and the and the instrumentalist and the vocalist preaching, children, Sunday school, wherever we serve on a Sunday, you know, security, hospitality, what we do is we help facilitate the experience so that that message can change a human life. That's why leadership is so important is because the stakes are heaven and hell. And, you know, leaders need to be at the front and God needs to be able to use them to help facilitate that change. Man, that's great. That's good stuff. If if that doesn't get you fired up and that doesn't like cause somebody to want to serve somewhere in the church, I don't know what will. Um, and and that's and that's great. Uh, we in our production team and the worship team, you know, we we say from time to time, and we probably should say it more. You know, today on a Sunday is probably somebody's last chance. They're probably giving God right. one more shot. Right. And what what we do what everybody does, what everybody that steps foot on that campus does is going to be a reflection of who he is and what he's done in their life. And if that person's giving God one more shot, we need to make sure that we're showing them who the real Jesus is. Yeah. And you know, the interesting thing there, Eric, is the subject of what I would call questions. What questions as a leader are you asking on a Sunday morning? Are you asking, you know, is my in-ears working? Or why did they get that part? Or where's my badge? Or I'm tired of this happening or that happening. Or you're dealing, these are the, if these are the questions that you're asking, here's the questions I'd say. For the people who are coming on Sunday, what questions are they asking? It could be, God, I'm giving you one more chance. Do you really love me? You know, God, please save my son. God, please bring my prodigal home. God, I'm here with my wife. Please save my marriage. And in leadership, when you're teaching leadership to volunteers, their level of concerns and questions 
must be the level of concern and questions of the people attending. Otherwise, by sheer definition, you're asking you're answering questions nobody's asking. Yeah, man, that's that's good. I don't I know I don't ask enough questions and I know <laughs> that I don't I know that I don't ask the right questions. Um, so, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's a challenge. A long, well, there's a long line there, Eric. You're not alone, buddy. <laughs> I, I know. I know. We need to we need to figure that one out. Uh, if we can figure that out, we'll be be in great shape. Um, got just a few more minutes with you. Yeah. Um, don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, let's talk about this. Uh, this is not something that's easy to talk about, and I did not prep you for this question. Um, but what's been your greatest failure? As a leader, uh, the greatest failure I ever had. Um, honestly, I don't think I was a good enough son to my parents. Both of them have died. Both of them have passed away. Uh, we were an extraordinarily dysfunctional family growing up. So obviously you, there was not that relational tie and that relational bond when I became an adult, but you know, when they get old, you, you know, the Bible doesn't put parameters on take care of the widows. You know, I mean, that that's not a conditional statement. And if I had it to do all over again, I'd have been a much better adult son to my aging parents. So that one kind of haunts me, for lack of a better word. I, You know, this is going to now show my spiritual immaturity. I've asked God to forgive me like 30 times, you know. <laughs> Satan yeah. keeps bringing it back up. Yeah. Uh, but that, that is my, that, that is my greatest failure as a Christian was, as, was an adult son to my aging parents. So, well, that's, that's good for me to hear. So that way I do not fall into that same trap. So you're, you're helping the next generation be <laughs> better to their, their, their parents. Hopefully your daughter will be better to you than, than you were to your parents. And I'm, I'm sure that you've, warned her about that ahead of time <laughs> well we've tried we've tried we've tried to financially incentivize her and everything so we're doing everything we can so all right so i got two more questions for you let's end on a happy note yeah first, first of all what's been your biggest success as a leader let's get the opposite of that question and then the last question i want you to answer is just give us a little bit of a preview a little bit of a tease of what you're going to talk about on july 20th with us yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, uh, I've written two books. God has blessed it. Very popular website. Won some awards, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I appreciate all those things. Greatest success I've ever had is 29 years of marriage. Mm. Um, you, and, you and I were at the Johnny Hunt Men's Conference and the statement was made, and I'm paraphrasing, the greatest testimony and the greatest status symbol a person can have is a long marriage. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense because if you, if you look at somebody and you go, well, how long have you been married? 52 years. Well, you don't turn well, around and, yeah, you go, you don't turn around and go, well, where'd you work? You know, you don't. Yeah. You lock in on that. That is the greatest status symbol there there is. So my my greatest success is 29 years of marriage to Sonia. That's great. 
and, what, and the other question was a little preview. Yeah, just give us a little teaser. What's, what yeah. are you, where are you going to be in the in the Bible? You got some scripture for us. You know, where where can we? Um, All right, can we expect to hear. So here's what Jeff asked me to speak on. Uh, as a leader, there's great bandwidth, and I heard it said once that the great thing about the Bible is it's shallow enough anybody can wade into it, and it's deep enough you'll never hit the bottom. Mm, yeah. And leadership's the same way. Uh, leadership, I mean, if, if you read a proverb a day and John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, you've got enough leadership for last for a lifetime, you know? So it's shallow enough anybody can go into, but it's deep enough you'll, you'll never hit the bottom. It's too complex. So regardless of where you're at and regardless of how you're feeling as a leader, you know, you may be feeling bulletproof right now that all systems are clicking. You're, you're at the height of your leadership capability or you're like, Lord, if you don't do anything, this whole thing's going to fall apart. You know, you may be, and leaders go through both. So you oh, may yeah. be in either one, regardless of where you're at, Jeff has asked me to speak on what I call the 10 fundamentals of leadership. That if you were to boil leadership down to 10 fundamentals, these are it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk through those 10 fundamentals. By the way, I'll give you a little preview. It's the acrostic leadership. L stands for leading people or loving people. Okay. Point number one. Point number one, loving people. All right. So, and you're going to give yourself a grade on each of the 10. And then this ain't a grade you have to share with anybody unless you want to build some accountability, but it's a place for you to be encouraged. Hey, you're doing these things well. And there was only one perfect leader that ever lived, Jesus Christ. So nobody's going to be perfect. And then, you know, here's some things we can work on and get better in our leadership. So I'm going to go through the 10 fundamentals of leadership. Some are going to be encouraging. Some are going to be challenging. Uh, you know, some are be funny. Some will be, oh my heavens, why is it, you know, he, you know, why is he talking about that? You know, but it's the 10 fundamentals of leadership. I think everybody's going to get better. I think everybody's going to walk out with tools to improve and lead better at their homes and in the church and where they work. And, uh, I think it's going to be, and look, Ike's there. So I'm the B player. I'm the B player. <laughs> Ike's the man. Uh, so I'm, I'm there just to be Joe Frazier to his Muhammad Ali. And we'll we'll have a great great time, great morning. That's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it so much. Um, I'm, I've already written down the first point, so I know I'm I'm ahead of the game. Uh, and, and we're also going to have a chance for people there to ask you and Ike some Q and A. Uh, we'll have like a little Q and A time at the end. Uh, so that'll be fun. You'll have to just answer some questions, rapid fire, kind of a little bit like we did tonight, but yeah. Not, off the cuff a little bit. So um, real quick, if people want to follow you on Twitter, they want to get your get to your blog, give us that information real fast. Oh, yeah. The blog is at brian.leadership.com. And Brian is B-R-I-A-N. Dot is D-O-D-D. And uh, my Twitter handle is at Brian K. Dodd. My middle name is Keith. So it's at Brian K. Dodd. You can follow me at e- either location. And uh, love to have you part of our leadership community. Uh, about 2,000 readers a day now, believe it or not. So God is blessed dramatically. And uh, yeah, love to have you part of the community uh, and uh, love to invest in your leadership. And it's an honor to serve. Thanks so much, Brian. I'm looking forward to July 20th. Uh, I, I think after hearing this podcast, I hope that there are people that will 
A, go register, and then B, they'll invite somebody to come with them. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for people to become better leaders. Um, I mean, and, and let's face it, we are all leaders at something. And so uh, I, can't, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a, a really great and, like you said, a very encouraging but also challenging day. Yeah. And like you said, we're all leaders. If nothing else, everybody has to do self-leadership. So, so we all have, we're all leaders and we all have a level of influence. And what I like about this, and I'll just plug what y'all are doing real quick. Go if I'm it. not, if I'm not mistaken, I think Ike's going to speak first Correct. and then there's going to be like some table talk. So you're going to get to share your story, meet friends, hang out with other great guys. It's not all lecture. Then I'm going to talk, but then some more table talk. And uh, obviously your table talk with after me is probably going to be everybody going over. How'd you do on the score? And, and then, like you said, Q and a to wrap up the day. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to my table talks and hanging out and meeting guys. And I look forward to seeing everybody there on the 20th. I'm going to sit at your table. Okay. That'd be great. That'd be Love great. It. Thanks, Brian. Anytime, my friend. <laughs>